John Lowe, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Jonathan. This rotten uh, uh, weather outside that we're having. Don't know what it's like down it in Cork. It's kind of overcast, but look, come here, it's only a temporary <laughs> blip. The long-range weather forecast, and it's very important because I'm on holidays next week, is very, very good. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, living, I'm living in the hope that I could actually have an Irish holiday that involves some sunshine. Anyway, look, we, we'll press on because there's lots to talk about. We're going to uh, pick out one of the questions as well. And the, um, that listener will get their hands on your Money Doctor Finance Annual. Yep. Uh, but we'll, a couple of things have come up since we spoke to you last. The new code of conduct on yeah. mortgage arrears, we've got more detail on it. Um, I mean, we were talking to Carl Dieter about it. It read as a banker's charter. What do you make of it? Well, obviously, I mean, the, the, the highlights, I suppose, are the trackers can't be taken off and you can uh, banks are allowed to do more than three calls a month if necessary. I, I, I think that, you know, there's still, uh, in, if you read in between the lines, there's still a lot there for the consumer. Um, the the Banks have to communicate properly with customers, but not excessively. They, people still have 31 days, Jonathan, to get in line before the process moves on. And, you know, like there's a very cast iron steps to take um, that are still, you know, for the benefit of the consumer. It's not all one way traffic in my view. Um, okay, it's not all one-way traffic. Where's the advantage for the consumer? Is there one there? You know, well, you know what? I think a logical approach to um, not just for mortgage uh, arrears on homes, but also for buy-to-lets and in residential investment properties, Jonathan. Because you know, you know, where where you get a letter from a lender saying that this is the last final offer, don't bother writing to us. I think that's a disgrace. In that, you know, negotiations about um, a, a thing between two people who try and negotiate and come to an agreement. If one party is saying, look, don't bother writing to us, and if you need to, to you know, uh, argue the case, go to the ombudsman. I think that's wrong. I think, you know, uh, and not just for home loans, but for all, all mortgages, I think that they, they need to start taking uh, track on this. And also, if, if you look at, at some of the... Um, the new code uh, conduct uh, conditions. It says the bank uh, can include, you know, uh, for instance, for some of these relief options, an equity stake in the property, uh, put plans on an interest-only base for a set period of time, permanently lower the interest rate. Uh, people can pay interest plus a portion of the principal. Uh, they can defer all or part of the mortgage, or they can split the mortgage to park uh, part of it until a later date. And that's in the latest code, Jonathan. And some of the lenders out there are not allowing split mortgages. So you'd have to okay. ask yourself, why is, it, why is this happening? Some of the lenders is probably a bit of an understatement. Hardly <laughs> no. any of the lenders are offering split mortgages. But we'll come back to that again in the future. No frills health cover. Um, a lot of people talking about this during the week. You can now tailor your private health cover yeah. to get you on a, a, on a lesser package for the want of a better expression. Is there an inherent risk in reducing your cover like that? Well, what's actually happening is no frills means that, you know, you'd be precluded from some of the cover. You'll also be precluded from some of the hospitals, by the way, that you might uh, have wanted to get. You know, I think e- e- things like hip replacements, they're gone out of, out of the normal cover. Um, it's good and it's bad. I mean, since 2008, 45% has been the drop in the average premium to more than a thousand euro. 45%. It's jumped rather. So, you know, we've got what, 64,000 people last year stopped paying their health altogether because it was just too expensive. More than, you know, 200,000 people have dropped out in the market in the last five years. That's down to prioritization, Jonathan, where people are putting a priority on food, on their family, on, you know, other things that are more important than than health insurance. So this is uh, a welcome, uh, to be honest. Uh, They've got two types of things. The first focus for an adult, 200 cheaper than the similar rival plan, and then the family focus, which offers cover for children aged between 5 and 17 for 150 a year. So 
you know, it's a step in the right direction at least. And I'm quite sure with this is a Viva, you know, the other three will start to follow suit uh, pretty, pretty soon. Okay, um, let's go to some of the questions that have come in, John. And you, we have a copy of your finance annual for some one listener. We'll pick out the winner at the end. Um, right. Nora says, will paying a lump sum off my mortgage affect my tracker? Do I need legal advice? Well, no to both, but I would seriously consider not paying off as you can earn a greater return from investing, even in deposit accounts. Uh, the lender, of course, will be delighted to see uh, the back of your tracker. And that's kind of controversial, Jonathan, at the moment. A number of bodies have been stating that your tracker mortgage is probably worth... 25% of the actual capital value. So if you have a 100,000 tracker mortgage, to, uh, if you went and paid it off today, they're, they're saying that 25,000 should be a, a pretty decent uh, discount that you should be getting off. Um, but it may suit you to pay off for cash flow purposes. You know, at the same time, even though it is a tracker mortgage and you could earn more money in, a, say, a deposit account, um, it might suit your per, your pocket better by getting rid of one commitment uh, for that month. So, uh, I mean, you've got to obviously go through all your financial issues to sh- make sure that this is the best course of action. If you pay it off and then realize that you have some capital expenditure uh, issue outstanding, it's too late. You've lost your tracker, plus the f- hassle of having to reapply, Jonathan, again. So, I mean, I would, I would pay for independent advice and make sure that you're going on the right track. Yeah, hold on to the tracker because that's probably worth more to you in the long run. Oh, it is, um, yeah. Mike says, can I cash in my occupational pension from the state? What does he mean by that? <laughs> well, this is definitely a person who has got his um, I- information mixed up, and, and it is so confusing. I think, uh, was it Rudyard Kipling who said that words are the most, uh, uh, you know, incredible uh, uh, drug known to mankind? And if that's the case, Jonathan, I can tell you pension literature is the sleeping pills of the English language. Anyway. Well, can, uh, uh, go on, keep <laughs> us on board now before you go too much more Rudyard Kipling on us. Occupational pension from the state. What does, yeah. it, what does he mean well, by that? Well, the state public sector pensions are described as, as the Rolls-Royce of pensions. So, an, uh, you know, these are public sector pensions and an occupational pension from the state presumably is the public sector pension. And what he's talking about here is he gets for every year that he serves as a public sector employee, one eightieth for each year of service and gets three eightieths uh, in in, by way of a tax-free lump sum uh, when he retires after 40 years. So, for instance, one eightieth uh, after 40 years is 48 atheist, Jonathan, that's half. So in other words, if he's on 50,000, in 40 years' time, he, he can look forward to 25,000 into uh, as a pension until he dies. Now, the only thing is, he says, can he cash it in? The answer is no. Um, yeah. He obviously can get the 25% or one-and-a-half times salary. That's the three atheists. But that other 40 atheists, which is the half, the 25,000, he, he has to keep and he'll keep getting it until he dies. Okay, Ashling, who is the wordsmith on our production team, says the Kipling quote is, words are, of course, the most powerful drug no. used by mankind. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you very much, Ashling. Absolutely clearly, right. She, she's fast on the Google, I can Kipling. tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Is, it's, actually, this is an intriguing one. My landlord doesn't pay his mortgage. Yeah. I pay my rent, though, but I'm worried. Should I contact the bank and offer to pay direct? Why would you pay his bloody I mortgage? I can't not in believe your name. this. I just can't believe it. Gosh, no. You may, you may not be affected, but if it's re- possessed or receiver pointer, the lender will be thrilled to have a tenant already in place. Uh, perhaps, actually, now might be a good time to see if you're ready to buy your own. And in fact, maybe you could buy your landlord's property cheaply. Uh, you know, what I would do, I would uh, get the, the owner, the, the, the landlord, to approach the lender and say that the tenant may be willing to buy it out. And uh, would you be willing to deal with it? And, okay. uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, you need to get your ducks in a row, which I personally think is a, a quacking plan. 
Yeah, we leave that one there. Um, I've twenty thousand euro <laughs> coming off deposit. I've no loans or mortgage. Is there anything out there that I might get a return on? So twenty grand. Yeah. Um, no loans no, or no, mortgage. No, 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 nor to spend it. Um, I tell you what, male or female, this person is some catch. Uh, I, I tell you, I must, uh, you know, you must have your own property unencumbered, have income, perhaps you own your own business that you don't need this and you're able to invest in the first. So again, Jonathan, it's the same principle apply, you know, your age, do you have partners, do you have uh, dependents, how's your health? Uh, anyway, guess it's back to what you want to do with it. Remember the boxes, the cash boxes, the alternative boxes. If you, if you want just safety, security, you know, you're talking about uh, on demand up to 100,000 per person. Person. That's the deposit protection scheme, and that's with any of the deposit takers. So, the, like demand account KBC 2.6%, uh, Rabo Direct 2.25%. That's on demand immediately today. But if you're not happy with that return and you want to go to alternative boxes, which will be the investment boxes, then you're into property stock market alternative forms. So, you know, y- y- if you want growth, you have to take a certain amount of risk, and that's where all those alternative investment boxes are concerned. Okay, are you allowed to answer Ed's question? The next question there about Bank of Ireland. <laughs> Can you answer that, or is that is that uh, a true? Yeah, well, I will. I mean, uh, you the know, should I buy? Should I buy shares? Should I buy shares in Bank of Ireland? Will a Chinese bank take a punt on Ireland's recovery? <laughs> well, uh, the two great questions, and and uh, noticeable uh, greater number coming from Cork than anywhere else. I but I might add that is coming from Cork. Um, it must be your influence, Jonathan. Anyway, shares in Bank of Ireland. It's like saying I'm going to back a certain horse and hope to God it'll it'll bring a payday. The Bank of Ireland shares have gone up 33 percent. Uh, since the start of this year um, and, and even though they've taken a, a bit of a bash in the last week or so uh, selecting individual stocks in my uh, mind is a mugs game you know uh, diversification you know the, the, the 90th uh, uh, biggest economy in the world Jonathan is the McDonald's uh, the, the stores and if, if you thought that in the Symes recession that people you know flock to the McDonald's stores they feed their face and then they go home quickly to work and do all sorts of things so you think how do you think their share price did last year I've no idea. Well, it went down 20%. And that kind of proves my point about it being a mugs game. What about a Chinese bank? Remember, there are 1.4 million Chinese. Uh, we're barely 4 million. So a quarter percent and hardly noticeable on the Chinese Richter scale. If anything, yeah. it might be the other way around. Uh, but in a word, you know, um, I would say to this, uh, to Ed in Cork, diversify. Okay. Um, we'll take the next question as well. I receive an invalidity pension. I am shortly due to receive a private pension of €20,000. My outstanding mortgage is 31000 Should I commute part of my pension to pay off my mortgage? I've been paying a little more than interest only and I've had break from payments. So this is someone who's had a mm. restructured mortgage already and this is an opportunity perhaps uh, to make amends with the bank. Well, the, well, the first point here, uh, Jonathan, is that uh, this texter needs to pay back that mortgage at some stage. Uh, and you're at an age whereby a strategy for payment needs to be addressed with your lender. Um, you, you also need a rainy day fund. So that that 20,000 pension fund will yield a monthly taxable income of about 70 euros, believe it or not. So commuting it will give you even less. So you need to do, number one, a full budget of your monthly expenditure against whatever income you have, and you go from there. You know, I, I empathize with this person, obviously, you know, if he's going to get a pension and he's got an invalidity pension as well, um, he's at a certain age where, you know, he's, he's starting to worry about all the commitments, the financial commitments he's got less left, and uh, something needs to be done about it. So I'd get professional advice. Go, go to see an independent professional advisor.
Okay, well, and we'll skip to Anthony's question, just the last question. What is the best way to sort out a will? Our mother made one a good few years ago. It is very tax efficient, but will cost some of us money in CTG. Uh, She has (laughs) Alzheimer's now. Can we do anything? Nobody stands to gain, but rather stand to lose through CTG. She has Alzheimer's. I don't think there's much they can do about it, is there? Well, CTG is CGT, first of all. Um, Sorry, yeah, capital gains tax. Yeah, capital gains tax. I'm really sorry to hear about your mum, Anthony. It's an awful illness, but there's a few things. First of all, uh, you should have an enduring power of attorney and it's ideal in these situations um, uh, and it's capital acquisition tax by the way not ca- ca- capital gains tax so okay. the, f- the first 225,000 is tax free after this amount it's 33% taxable on the balance uh, at this point uh, Anthony I would say it's, it's too late to take out a section 72 policy these are insurance policies that in the event that uh, you die uh, it'll pay any tax liability uh, on your estate for your loved ones that that uh, should you want to. So, I, I mean, I would go to a qualified financial advisor again or a solicitor with what you have to ascertain precisely what you can or cannot do. Um, that will that is already in force is better than nothing, I can tell you.